Peace and love, family. It's Brother Fahim, and you are tuned into the Leave of Logic podcast. You know the vibes. Peace, peace. What's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of Lead with Logic, and I'm your trusty host, Brother Fahim. Amen. I hope everybody's uh, weekend was good. Hope everybody's work week starts out very well. Well, started out very well. You know, the weather's beautiful. Kids outside, hot outside, and the country's starting to reopen. So, you know, it's starting to uh, look like some some sort of a normalcy again. So um, I was listening to a podcast, BWR, that I listen to sometimes. I can't think of what the acronym stands for. I think it's Business Wealth Renaissance. I want to say that. Nonetheless, it's a podcast on Apple. But I, I was listening to it, and um, <clears throat> brother was discussing uh, diet. And he said something that I thought was super interesting. He said, man, your diet is more than just what you consume uh, nutritionally. It's what you consume uh, uh, emotionally. It's what you consume physically. And it's what you consume psychologically. And so that made me or it sparked my uh, imagination. And I thought I would come on and, and, and talk to the brothers and sisters today about diet. Just that diet. Um, we're going to call this episode Garbage In, Garbage Out. So here we go. You know, if you've ever been to the grocery store, there's a method behind how you choose your your uh, your perishables. You know, those things like milk or eggs. Specifically milk, right? Sometimes even salad. <clears throat> <coughs> Have it's an acronym called FIFO. First in, first out. Basically, <coughs> the first things that that come in are the first out. So it's the way they position the foods, right? So the older, the older uh, perishable items with the older date, they go toward the front, and the fresher ones are the more newer. They go toward the back. <coughs> so it's FIFO. First in first out well what i've learned is your body's much the same right i wouldn't say fifo i would say jijo right that's funny but hear me out g-i-g-o garbage in garbage out whatever you put in that's what you're gonna get out and that's nutrition that's um, what you consume, whatever you consume on any level, whether it's media, <clears throat> whether it's literature, whether it's nutrition, it doesn't matter, right? If it's garbage that you're consuming, then it's going to be garbage that you are uh, that you are letting out, right? And so. Um, I figured I would come on and talk to y'all just a little bit about your diet. What are you all consuming? You know, I'm funny. Whenever I pass by uh, an accident, a car accident, or maybe a suspected car accident, I always look the other way, right? I always turn my head purposely just because I understand that garbage in, garbage out. 
or I understand that the brain is a sensitive muscle, right? Because what you consume in your brain, it oftentimes can't be erased and it can't be unseen. So I try to be as mindful and cognizant and aware as possible as to what I'm putting in my body, right? I try to, I try to uh, keep up with that and I try to make sure it's something that's going to provide some sort of benefit. But uh, I want to uh, I want to share a couple of stats with y'all, right? So this is P Pfizer. This is one of the companies that's giving out the uh, coronavirus vaccine. <clears throat> health disparities among African Americans. Your health, health disparities among African Americans. While the spotlight right now may be on the disadvantage disadvantages African-Americans face while fighting the novel coronavirus, COVID-19. They are also disadvantaged throughout the healthcare system when combating other diseases. So I'm going to read you some stats. So high blood pressure is common in 12% versus 10% of blacks versus whites aged 18 to 34 years old. It's common in uh, 33% and 22% of those aged 35 to 49 years old. Diabetes is common in 10% of blacks aged 35 to 49 compared to 6% of whites. Strokes is present in 0.7% of blacks aged 18 to 34 compared to 0.4% of whites the same age. Stroke is common in 2% of African Americans compared to 1% of whites aged 35 to 49, 7% versus 4% respectively in those aged 50 to 64. Um, the CDC said the social factors compared to others in the U.S., specifically whites, affect African-Americans at younger ages. And uh, those factors are unemployment, living in poverty, not owning a home, cost prohibitive effects of trying to see an MD, smoking, inactive lifestyle, or obesity. Just on the, on the topic of of stats obesity percent by race now this is on black stats uh black demographics excuse me you can look that up you guys can go to black demographics obesity percent by race slash sex age 20 and over asian men 10 percent obese asian women are 15 percent obese white men and white women are both at 38 percent of obesity hispanic men are 43% obese and the women are 51% obese. Black men are 37% obese. Black women are 55% obese. Um, black obesity rates by education. High school are less. High school grads are less as black people now. Uh, the men with a, with a high school diploma or less are 36% obese and Women are 58%. Some colleges, 38% again for the men, uh, 59% for the women. <coughs> Excuse me. And college grads, 40% for the men and 52% for the women. That's the black obesity rate. This is the one that I thought was interesting. Child obesity percent by race and sex. So Asian children, boys are 12% uh, obese and girls are 10% obese, right? White, you got 15% of the boys and 14% of the girls that are obese. 
Hispanic, you got a whopping 28% of the boys and 24% of the girls. And then black people, it's 19% of the boys and 25% of the girls. So we really should um, look out for what we're uh, what we're putting in our bodies nutritionally, because um, you know, like I always tell my my family, I always tell them, you know, you dig your grave. We we dig our graves with our teeth, our teeth. Uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us, food uh, will keep us here, and food will take us away, and not just uh, again that food that we put in our in our mouths. Speaking of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I'm going to read from a, a text. It's a book from God in person, Master Far Muhammad by Elijah Muhammad, Messenger of Allah, How to Eat to Live. One of my favorite books um, in a chapter entitled Proper Food for Body and Mind Equals Good Health. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad tells us this. On the coming of God, according to the Bible and the Holy Quran, he began to create a people that must and will enjoy a long life and good health. They will not suffer sickness or grief and sorrow. They will live lives of complete happiness. The earth is full of food, but good health cannot enter our bodies until we have the proper food in the, in the body and the proper food for thought. If we do not have the proper food for our ways of thinking, we still cannot enjoy peace, good health, joy, and gladness of heart. We can eat the best food. We can take the fast for nine days or 20 or 30 days if we want to and we will still suffer if we do not feed the brain with the right food these two bodies the brain and digestive tract have much in common with one another whatever hurts one hurts the other we must treat both well the, the messenger was telling us hey listen you need to not only be aware of of what you're putting in your mouth, but you also need to be aware of what you're putting in your mind. What are we putting in our mind on a daily basis? What are you putting in your mouth on a daily basis? What food are you eating? Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> um, and as I say this, you know, I'm speaking to myself. The words that I come out of my mouth, they come, uh, they lay on my ears first. So I'm no one who is uh, perfect. I just strive to be perfect, but I'm not perfect at all. I still have vices. I still have uh, certain ways or certain habits, certain eating habits that I, I work to refine and hone daily. But I try to stay mindful when, I, when I'm dealing with my family and I'm trying to teach them better than what I was taught, right? Because we, we should all do that as uh, family members, as relatives, as friends. We should strive to give better than what we got and make it better for those that come behind us in every way, shape, or form. So I always teach my family, watch what you're consuming because it has it absolutely has an effect on you. But you heard him say, taking care of your body, what affects the, the digestive tract affects the brain. Now, I'm going to tell you all something that you didn't know. <clears throat> I bet you didn't realize that you have three brains in your body. You got your brain that's in your mind, right? You got your heart and you have your gut. Each one of these has a different function and they're all interconnected, right? The brain in your head analyzes information and it applies your logic. 
i.e. lead with logic. The heart senses the world through emotions and feelings, right? That's what that's what lets us feel. That's what lets us experience those emotions. And then the gut is the understanding of your identity and who we are in the world. The gut brain, it also helps us with self-preservation and uh, enacting and engaging in our instinct. These are all uh, different entities with the same function, essentially. Right? They all, we have to engage them all for some function. You know, I would always ask, or I ask people, you know, how do you feel when you eat all these foods? Have you ever looked out in different communities? Have you ever looked out when you're driving and looked at all the, the places that they offer, that the mainstream offers? You know, a McDonald's on every corner, a Burger King around the corner, a church's fried chicken. It's only in the affluent communities or uh, mostly in the affluent communities that I've witnessed or I've observed. They have a little bit more of a diverse selection of nutrition and not just uh, nutrition for the uh, for the body, nutrition for the mind. You know, when you when you're on the south side of Chicago, you see liquor stores everywhere you see dirt and trash. Now, the dirt and trash that could be attributed to the people, the condition of the mentality of the people. Right. But these stores that they put in our communities are despicable and they really don't allow for any growth in our communities. Right. You have such thing as a food desert. A food desert is a, a community that has stores that doesn't really offer any fresh fruits or vegetables. It doesn't offer those nutrients that the people need to grow and thrive. Right. And so um, we suffer behind that. These fruit, these food deserts, we suffer. But when you look out and you see a community that's in ruin, when you see all of these uh, pathological institutions, and then you go over on the other side of town, you go downtown a little bit, and you see a Whole Foods, and you see a Trader Joe's, and you see all these restaurants that are life-giving, that serve you electric foods. You say, wow, I wish my community had that. At least that's what I used to say to myself. Or, you know, that make, it always made me look at how it affected the people. I looked at how it affected our people. I looked at how it affected the people in that environment. Like, wow, you know, how are people, how are we carrying ourselves? How is our energy? How do we look? How does our, what's our physical condition? And what's the condition of these other people who live around this abundance and this diversity of nutrition, right? This diversity of uh, mental cultivation and, and, and strength. So, so yeah, um, I try to ensure that I consume things that are you know, beneficial to my body. And it's funny because we eat so unhealthy as a culture. Like, um, you know, that the, the black, black people's diet, specifically in North America, is really a slave diet. If you go by the soul food, I mean, I read y'all the statistics. And it's not a, it's not a coincidence, 
right? Um, if you knew better, you would do better. That was one of Elijah Muhammad's saying. If you knew better, brothers and sisters, you would do better. Well, what we know is a lot of the foods that we're eating, the, the lard, the butter, the fried foods, the carbohydrates, right? The instant foods, all of these things contribute to our demise, to the destruction of our temple, right? It contributes to the destruction of our minds. So we have to, you know, we have to choose something else. One thing, drink more water. How many of us drink water, I wonder? How many of us try to strive to drink a gallon of water a day? How many gallons of water, brother or sister, have you drinking? How much do you drink a day? Kidney stones are prevalent in our community. And it's because we're starving our, we're, we're starving our kidneys, right? We're not giving them enough water. It was all, it's always funny to me when you tell people that you drink water, you know, um, they look at you like you're crazy. You're like, oh, man, what's wrong with you? You know, um, no, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. When you tell people, you know, you'd be like, yo, I don't drink no more. They'd be like, what? What happened? Why? You know, why you stop drinking? What happened? Are you, are you a mean drunk or? It was a car accident, you know. You slap somebody, mama. You know they say stuff like that. They be like, you know, they 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 want to know why. They want to know why is it that you stepped away from poisoning your body, right? But when you tell them that you don't drink water, they be like, oh yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Woo, you, yeah, I feel you, dog. You know, and water is the best thing for you. Water is the only. It's the only substance in nature well it's the excuse me I, I, not the only it's the substance in nature that uh is absorbed into your bloodstream the fastest so almost immediately when you drink water you get the benefits right away it doesn't have to go down your esophagus it doesn't have to go down your small intestines through your large intestines in order for you to get the nutritional benefits water is very good for you you look at your favorite celebrity or your favorite person whoever is in your circle and you look at their skin, and if their skin is glowing, I bet you a dollar to a dime that they drink a good amount of water, at least eight glasses of water every day, because it detoxifies your blood. And detoxifying your blood helps you think better, right? Helps you function better. So I try to drink as much water as I can. Uh, <laughs> again, it's a daily... It's a daily mastery. It's nothing that uh, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've graduated. There is no graduation uh, into into with your health, with your health habits. You know, there, there's no graduation to it. So, um, but yeah, you know, if you would uh, just try to eat something healthier, eat a salad. You know, eat fruits. You know. A lot of times, young people who are having these oily skin problems, you know, when they hit puberty, they, they get the bad acne. I know I had bad acne. I had horrible acne when I was an adolescent, when I was a teenager. You know, you know I didn't. I was drinking sodas. I was eating candy bars, burgers and fries, Taco Bell. I was, you know, I was living the, the American dream, at least food-wise, you know, and... Uh, and I was paying for it. Garbage in, garbage out. But, you know, uh, 
you want to look younger, you want to uh, 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 reverse aging, the aging process, you know, watch what you put in your body. <clears throat> and another, I'm going to move on from this talking about food and I'm going to get to what I really came to say. But, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's funny when I, when I, when I think about it with the food, when you, um, when you start getting into those better habits, uh, um, when you start really taking it serious, um, you find out like, man, wow, I should have been doing this for years. You know, just a little bit of discipline, a little bit of diligence. Uh, it goes a long way. It goes a very long way. So, um, but now I want to talk about what you consume mentally, what you're putting in your mind. Are you reading? I, I talked about this on one of my, I think it was my first episode. How do you know what you think you know? What do you consume? What kind of media are we consuming? And when I say media, I'm going to put literature in there. I'm going to add literature. You know, the bookstore is one of my favorite places to be because, you know, you really have to activate a portion of your mind where when you're reading something beneficial, your mind has to, if it's not a film now, if you read a book that's a film, like maybe The Godfather or Devil in the Blue Dress, you kind of have a preconceived notion of whoever the characters are because you've seen them on screen, right? But when you're reading a book where you're getting some knowledge, your brain has to really be imaginative and it really has to go into overtime. And you really, you know, once you start really getting deep into whatever you're reading or the literature, you can almost see it. It's like a movie. I call the bookstore the movie store because all those books are movies in your mind. And every movie, one book is a different movie to a different person, right? So I love reading and I love how literature makes me feel. Um, it, it's empowering and it helps, again, it helps that brain function. But back to what I was saying, what are, what are you putting in your mind by, by way of media? I, uh, <laughs> I haven't watched the BET award in years. Because truth be told, I really am kind of out of touch with hip hop, out of touch with the young people's music. Not because I'm unnecessarily uh, deplored, because I don't, because I understand hip hop is a cycle. Um, really, music, I'm learning even art, rhythm and blues, RB uh, is a cycle too. It's a cycle of youth, meaning young people, you know, they cycle in and they cycle out. When I was young, we were listening to people like Drew Hill. We were listening to people like Joe. We were listening to people like Luther Vandross, Anita Baker. Now these young people are listening to people like Chris Brown. You know, they listen to the Migos. They listen to all these more current artists. There's more power to them, really. It's just not my cup of tea. But the BET Awards was interesting. I thought it was very political what happened. Um, they had... Lil Nas X. So Lil Nas X is on the BET Awards. He performed um, a song. Now, for those of you 
who don't know who Lil Nas X is. He's the, the young rapper who sang Old Town Road, pretty popular with the children. Um, but he performed on the uh, on the BET Awards, and I just happened to see it as I was scrolling through my online, uh, through my phone online, and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting and noteworthy to look into what we're seeing. Because we're talking about what we feed our psyche, what we feed our mind, what we feed our bodies, because it has an effect on us, right? So when you watch it, or what I saw was Lil Nas X was dressed as an African, right? He's dressed as an African. He has all male dancers. And at the very end, one of the dancers gets up and tongue kisses him. And, um, yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, this is on national television. Now, I'm not super surprised just because Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion were, um, they were on doing a WAP and they got a, they got a lot of complaints. They got a lot of backlash. Well, Lil Nas X, I read an article. The article is on entertainment website. It says Lil Nas X is unapologetic about his BT Awards kiss with dancing. It's no coincidence, right? Because the the whole and I, let me let me let me put out a disclaimer. I don't hate any group. I don't hate anybody. Everybody deserves rights. Everybody deserves to, the right to do what they want to do, to live how they want to live. Uh, that's all fine and dandy. I have no problems with it. However, it's not right for you to throw it on people or impose your beliefs. See, because most times, some people really don't care what you do or even who you do it with or how you do it. The problem comes in is when you try to pull that off as uh uh, come off like that's the truth for everybody, and I should accept that. I remember back in 2004 when Janet Jackson and T Justin Timberlake were at the Super Bowl, and um, she had that malfunction, right? She had that malfunction uh, with her costume, where her breasts were showing at the end, and Mary was a big tease about that, and they flew away from the it went off and they flew away from the cameras. And I mean, it was, I mean, I think in recent years, maybe the last two years, he just now quote unquote apologized for that. Right. He caught some flack for that. And he apologized, you know, that was 15 years ago. Here it is. You have Lil Nas X, uh, openly homosexual man, tongue kissing another man on television where young children can potentially view it. Now, that's not surprising to me because we live in a time where extreme liberalism is the order of the day. So what I mean by that, I mean the, the, the objectives or the aims of the liberal-minded media and the liberal-minded politician are being put off on all of us as though it's the truth, as though it's the norm, and it's really not. See, that comes in. That's a part of your diet. That's a part of what you consume. These images, this imagery. It was a reason why Hitler used the media for the Jewish people. It was a reason why 
the KKK and the neo-Nazis used the media. It was even a reason why, not that there's any comparison, because these are two polarities, these are two polar extremes. But it was also a reason why the Black Panther Party of the 60s used the media that they did. It was a reason why the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, why he used the media in the form of the Negro world. The Panthers had, uh, they had papers, right? Because they wanted the people to have a sense of what was going on. They wanted to be able to frame the paradigm that was, that the people were witnessing or observing or living through. It's no different from these corporations and these media companies. They know that they feed you this, their values and their norms for long enough, it will become, you will become desensitized to them. You know, you'll become desensitized. Used to be a time on television, we used to watch Lucilla Ball. She used to sleep in separate beds. Desi Arnaz and Lucilla Ball, me and my mother probably watched every episode there is. And they slept in separate beds. That was, that had to have been in the 40s when that show was on. And you uh, you come all the way up to now, Lil Nas X tongue kissing on television. So it goes to show you the metamorphosis of the norms in the West, how the values have evolved. I should say devolved, right? Now, it's all fine and dandy when adults, when they put this imagery, when they make adults consume it. But what about what happens when children consume it, though, right? I read another article, June 15th, Republic, republicworld.com, Nickelodeon ratings crash as the network celebrates Pride Month with a special video. Nickelodeon is facing a major setback as its ratings continually fall amidst the network's hard push to promote the LGBTQ inclusion agenda. So they're going after the babies. They're going after the children. They want them to consume that. They want to make it normalized before the children even get to puberty. <laughs> you know, um, I remember who was that? I think it was Lil Bootsy. He was talking about Dwayne Wade. You know, he was he was saying how Dwayne Wade shouldn't let his son cut his genitals off. I'm not sure if Dwayne Wade ever said that. That was kind of extreme. But I think Bootsy's message was, what he was trying to say was, hey, he's still a he's still a child. You know, once he becomes an adult, if he wants to do that, fine. But he's a child, right? And my, my sentiment on it is two, twofold. Number one, what you do behind closed doors is your business. Nobody should come out with information to the public that does not want or cannot handle criticism. Number two, if we're going to let children make permanent decisions at a, 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 a point in time where their mentality is still evolving and it's temporary, well, let's just go on all the way. Let's let children work an eight-hour day. Let's let children go into the military and sign up to fight for their country, right? 
Let's let children do all of these things that adults do. Otherwise, how about we let adults do what their uh, what their job is, and that's to protect and guide, and nurture and love and cultivate, right? But yeah, they're, they're going after the babies. In other news, in Virginia, a trans uh, boy or a girl who is now identifying as a boy just um, won a case because what it was, um, I forget what year it was, but she wanted or he wanted to <clears throat> use the restroom that he identified with, not the restroom uh, that he was assigned at birth, which would be female. He's now a trans boy, so he's a female going to boy. He wants to use the bathroom with the boys. Well, they fought it. Um, they went all the way up to Virginia State. They kept fighting, and they went up, took it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court didn't even see the case. They threw it out. And so they allowed the state court's verdict to stand, which is uh, the trans boy is able, she is able to use the bathroom with that which she wants to identify with, which is male. Now, it's nothing right now because it's in Virginia, but what happens when it spreads all the way through the nation, right? What happens when uh, it becomes president all over the country? Again, I have no issues with anybody. Uh, I'm not against anybody, but there's no way that I'm gonna allow my daughter to go in the bathroom with a boy. That's not happening. I don't care what you think you are or what you identify as, that's not gonna happen. Now, why am I mentioning all this? Because it starts by what you consume. It starts by your diet, what they feed you. And if you don't have an alternative source of nutrition, whether it be Whole Food, whether it be Trader Joe, whether it be BBC News, whether it be the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, How to Eat to Live, whether it be the message to the black man, whether it be Malcolm X Speaks, right? If you don't have another way to feed yourself, then you're going to be susceptible. Your family is going to be susceptible to everything that you consume on a psychological level, on a nutritional level, on a spiritual level, and on an emotional level. So you should consider, we should consider, right? We should consider what we're consuming, what we're watching. You know, I'm always breaking things down. I um, I still watch some TV. I like to watch shows that I see myself in. And I'm always uh, intrigued by shows that demonstrates or displays a character who has to survive off of their wits rather than their brawn, right? They have to think their way out of something. They have to be calculated. They have to be logical in order to win because if they merely rely on their emotion, then they'll lose because we can all get erratic and uh, let our emotions run free, let our emotions just ring out. But um, the show that I watched, um, or I've been watching, uh, says I let go of power. <laughs> it's two. It's twofold. Snowfall, which is a decent show, um, but The Shy is the show that I watched. 
And Lena Waithe is the sister who wrote the shot. She's a brilliant sister. Um, I think she's done some more projects too. I want to say she helped out with Precious. I'm not sure, <clears throat> but I know she she wrote the shot, and I think she's written some more. But the shot, I think, is her seminal work. But as I'm looking at the shot, as I'm watching it, I'm saying, "Oh wow!" As I'm, as I'm analyzing, I'm like, "Oh wow, this is crazy." Every male on this show has a major defect, a major flaw. Now. What's glaringly obvious to me about the show is the men take feminine roles up under all the women that they're close to. If you look at Kevin, his sister helps guide him. His mother is a lesbian with two women. If you look at Emmett, Emmett is heavily dependent upon his mother. His wife is in charge. She's a very uh, aggressive personality. Uh, who has pulled him into uh, an open marriage. <laughs> and then you have Jake, right? Jake and Trig. Trig is married to a trans, a trans woman. And Jake is an orphan boy living with his brother, who is pretty, you know, he's a typical, typical kid making it surviving from the street, right? Fearless, putting on the fearless. Uh, going with the flow, doing what he has to do. Um, then you have you have Duda. Well, excuse me. You have Papa. Papa is Kevin and Jake's buddy, who's uh, with a with a with a young lady who is uh, more talented than he, more outgoing, more charismatic, uh, and he's in love with her, and she's really not in love with him, right? She's she's uh she's with him, but she's clearly the more dominant personality, right? And I would challenge whoever my shy, whoever my uh the shy uh fans are, you know, comment. Tell me if I'm wrong, right? Tell me if my assessment is off. And then you have my favorite character, who is Duda. You have Duda. And Duda is a uh, drug dealer slash mayor, but he is married to Candy Barres, <clears throat> and they're billing Candy Barres as this female boss. And so, uh, I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it because you know it's, it's about Chicago essentially. Uh, the environment, the climate, is all Chicago, and so I'm liking it. But at the same time, I'm looking at the characters. And I can't help but notice the flaws and I can't help but observe the frame, the narrative, right? And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I understand Lena Waithe is a sister who likes sisters, essentially. She's a lesbian. But dang, she's really painting these men in a very weak way. And it's disturbing because I would imagine and assume that The Shy is a really popular show. And it's showing black men flawed and not taking leadership roles. I mean, and, you know, at least not when it comes to the women. The women have chips on their shoulder. They're assertive. They're aggressive. Uh, and so I just shake my head like, wow, this is what a lot of young people 
a lot of our sisters, a lot of young brothers are consuming, you know, like, okay, you know, every movie that they make, more and more women are starting to take masculine roles. They're starting to make Westerns that typically and historically had men as the protagonist, as the lawman or the lawwoman. Now they're starting to put women in these roles. Now there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it's like, at the same time, it's like, at the same time, it's like, man, um, do, do, do the sisters want to be liberated or do they want to take the position of the man? Do they want to be perceived as dominant like how they perceive men? Right. But again, back to my primary theme, diet. You know, this whole anti-man, uh, neo-women's, uh, pro-LGBTQ, and as Mr. Kevin Samuels put it, toxic entitlement that is being consumed on a massive level is dangerous. It's really dangerous. It's dangerous. So, um, yeah, consumption, what we consume, you know, what was the last good book you all read? Ask yourself that. And did you really read it? Did you really extract from it the, the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that could help help you see in, in 3D, right? Help your third eye see in 3D. Help you understand something. Help you get gain some enlightenment. You know, what I was trying to say back back a ways was, you know, when you when you mention eating your diet to people or when people see how you diet, it's almost an intimidation slash guilt factor that people get because people understand people. Some people do know better. They just lack the mental fortitude, the discipline to act on. Uh, what they know to be right and true, right and exact. So people can get kind of sensitive and touchy and uncomfortable when you're eating, when they see you uh, engaging and benefiting from a healthy diet, right? And not just nutritionally. I'm realizing now that people also become uncomfortable when you benefit from a, uh, a healthy diet that's mental, that affects your psychology, that affects your philosophy, that affects your uh, your methodology, how you think, what you think. These are all things that are part of your diet. These are all things that you should be taking in consideration, brother and sister. These are things that you could do every single day. You know, come away from the junk. It has instant gratification, speed. If it, if you consume it too fast. It's probably not good for you, you know. That fast food, that junk food, that's not what you want. Yeah, it might it might curb your hunger pains for a minute, but you'll be right back hungry sooner than you wanted to be. And so now you have to put more calories inside of you and get satisfied. But nonetheless, I um 
I just wanted to speak with you all about that, about that diet, to try to motivate you all to consider what you consume on a nutritional and a psychological level. Because it truly may save your life. And at best, it will enhance your existence. So, um, have a blessed one to the next one. And uh, peace and love.